this is the Journey Till Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Donati. I believe life is about the journey, not the destination. To find the journey in every step of the road, the highs and lows, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, it's in that. It's in those moments that makes life so beautiful. Our guest today has a journey of her own. Jessica Gershman is the founder of the Zen Mommy app and the voice behind the Mom Slow Down podcast, as well as a passionate believer in the power of self-care and self-love. Jessica, thank you so much for being here and being on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Sean. It's a pleasure. It is a pleasure to just have you on the show. You are just a jack of all trades as I just, you know, gave an intro to you and your life. What's it like for you, you know, being a mom and juggling all these different components of your life? Um, How do you figure out and put things into perspective? What does perspective look like for you? Yeah, I think I just, I love the hustle. Um, I would be really, really bored if... I was just sitting around and, you know, I do things for fun that I'm passionate about. And, you know, I went to culinary school just for fun. never wanted to be a chef and trying to stay busy and keeping it in perspective, right? It's hard. Being a mom is really, is hard. I mean, even on its best day. And I think being really honest with myself, we celebrate a lot of failures around here. Uh, So, you know, I fail all the time. I mean, I failed at businesses. I, you know, and I, and I share this with my kids. I think it's important. I started a clothing line. It was like one of the hardest things I've ever done and a complete failure. You know, I learned a lot. I learned that I didn't want to be in the fashion industry. <laughs> that, that was really challenging. Um, but keeping in perspective is about the growth, I think, and in, in, in failing and learning and keeping moving forward. So having that forward momentum, I think is really important. And sometimes it's just putting one foot in front of the other. I love that you said that I'm a mom too. I'm a mom to a teenager and I'm also a business owner. And I know what you mean. It's, it's something about just accepting your failures and being transparent, I think, with what the failure is to your children and really to your audience. I think it will, what do you think that does? What, what's, what, what type of vibe do you get? Or what's the reaction that you get from your audience, your fan base, when you, when you share those types of things that's going on in your life, not necessarily the good things, but um, the things that may be looked upon as not necessarily uh, good, such as failure. Um, what's the response that you usually get from the public when you share those things? Yeah, I think people really appreciate honesty. And, you know, coming from being a yoga teacher and one of the ways that, you know, I taught in my classes when, you know, I was seeing students and teaching in, in group classes was being able to share the things that are really hard that were going on in my life, whether, you know, I've been very open to talk, talk about my struggles with an eating disorder, addiction, you know, going through relationship things, uh, struggles. I mean, I've been married for 14 years and, you know, just the realities of how difficult things are. And I think it's important that everyone realizes, you know, everyone has a story that you know nothing about, you know, so no matter what someone looks like on the outside or how their picture is presented or what you may think you know about someone, you know, we're all sharing these, you know, big T traumas, little T traumas, stories. And I think really people appreciate and it resonates with them because if maybe they're not experiencing something that you're going through, they know someone who is, or by being vulnerable and honest and open, you give someone else a platform to be able to just exist and be okay. Be like, yeah, this shit is really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm struggling too, and it's okay. And I'm yeah. still, you know, I'm getting up and I'm, and I'm doing it. I'm, 
you know, failing, but I'm succeeding here. And we're all just trying to, to make it and live. And so I think people really appreciate it, whether that's on social media. I said, I need to stop more when I'm like screaming at my children to take a picture. They don't really appreciate it. Yeah. I come back in here. Let me yell at you again. Hold on. I didn't get that. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's that moment that you, that you need to capture because it's not the, you know, the, the bow and the, you know, everything is just so pretty and perfect. It's, it's the imperfections truthfully that, you know, that makes it real because that's what life is. It's, it's, it's some imperfection moments that, you know, you piece together that makes it perfect. Yeah. I love it. I said, when you really love someone, you love the crumbs of them, like the dirty crumbs have been the stale ones in the bottom of the toaster. You don't just love that little pretty piece of bread that comes out. You have to love all of that, you know, at the bottom. And that's what makes us human. That was what makes us beautiful. I love that. So tell me about your podcast. I know you have, you host the mom slow down podcast. How did that come about? And tell me, you know, why did you feel the need to create this, uh, this, this world? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I think as moms, I, we all know what it's like. And sometimes in life and motherhood, we just put our head down and we just go right? There's a lot going on, whether you have one kid, multiple kids, you're, you know, single parent, you're married, you're working, you're staying at home. You know, we just kind of put our head down as, as mothers and we're just get through. And for me through the path of yoga and mindfulness meditation, that's all about the pause, right? To be able to stop and reflect of, you know, how do I even feel in this moment? What am I going through? What's going on around me? You know, we have to slow down. And that's where the beauty of the present moment is in slowing down. And we can't do that when we're running around. And, you know, I mean, there's stuff we have to do. We got baseball, we got soccer, we've got, you know, work deadlines, you know, we're maybe getting a divorce or we're a single parent or we're struggling financially. Or we're going through, you know, job loss and there's gratitude in each moment. And we cannot find I'm that even just waking up, right? If that's even all you can find today is I just woke up today. I'm grateful for, for being alive, but you can't find it without slowing down. And so the mom slow down podcast was really to kind of give a platform to, you know, people that have struggled, people that have overcome people that also find ways in which to slow down and really find joy in life. I mean, that's really what kind of my mission with the app, with the podcast is to say, even in the little moments, there's joy through all of it. You've got to slow down. You've got to feel some of the feels. You got to feel some big feelings, some big emotions. Yeah. You know, some of it's not pretty, right? But it's all okay. And um, and you can't do that without slowing down. What about for you? How do you slow down? Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's basic. It's everything I teach. So moving my body every day is a non-negotiable for me. Even just getting out and and walking. Um, I use that space to sometimes have silent walks, silent meditations. Right now I'm doing a, a class, uh, an audio class with Eckhart Tolle. And, you know, I use that time to reflect, to look at nature, to think of the spaciousness and the sky. That for me is a great place to slow down. Uh, as, as easy and simple as it sounds, I breathe. You know, my, and I teach my kids hmm. to breathe. My daughter is nine. She has ADHD and she, uh, she struggles with anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and I, we were at the grocery store today and I made her ask for something from the butcher counter and she mm-hmm. didn't talk to an adult. She didn't know. And she freaked out and went into like a full panic mode. And, mm-hmm. you know, we recovered from that and I held her and we just breathed together. Mm-hmm. And so as simple as that 
is, you know, slowing down and taking even just five deep breaths. Yeah. Can make the difference between going into like a full panic mode, a full anxiety attack. I mean, just taking that time to like feel what's going on in the body. And even for my children to see her, to be able to come from like a level nine and a half, 10 anxiety and drop it down to something more manageable just by breathing. Um, that's a, that's a tool we all do, right? We have to breathe or we're, we're not living. So, um, to be able to work with the breath, that's for me been super helpful because it's a pause and that pause, the yogic pause is what I call is that time to stop from what we're thinking before we say it. Sometimes I just say it to my kids, which is like, you know, shut the F up. <laughs> um, but a lot of times I can stop myself from that by just taking a minute and pausing and, um, and deciding how the next moment will look. Is there a technique that goes along with that? Is there some sort of technique that's with the pause? And if so, can you explain that to the audience? Yeah, um, I really love just a simple kind of two to one breathing, inhale through the nose and then an exhale. So I'll inhale for two counts through the nose and then just exhale for four counts to the mouth. And do that five, 10 times, continue with that inhale through the nose for two counts, exhale for four. And it really does stimulate the vagal nerve. So you're working from what we live in all the time, which is that stress response, fight or flight. You know, we're, we're breathing in that top quarter section of our chest, our lungs all the time. And so it really does work on our rest, digest and recovery. And so we start to stimulate that response and our body is like, oh, wait, I'm okay. There's no bear chasing me, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, and we're able to start to re- down-regulate our emotions by just breathing. I mean, it's a physiological, you know, experience it's happening. And when we're able to, to do that and manage some of those stress responses, the stress receptors by simply slowing down and breathing. Wow. So it's, it's power in the breath, just like it's, it's power in the pause. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I know there's a power in the pause of life, power in the pause as you rest. So that's interesting. And knowing that you're telling me now it's power in the pause of you breathing. Yeah. So I know you created a uh, holistic program that supports women, especially moms and focuses on creating a positive life and gratitude. Can you talk about that program? Yeah. So I'm super excited. I just launched an app called the Zen mommy, and it's really where I share what has made such a difference in my life, in my journey, you know, cause it's about the journey. And I started as a really stressed out real estate developer, type A suffered from an eating disorder, like, you know, met my husband with terrible relationships. And then I found yoga. Um, and that really changed the trajectory of my life. And, uh, it was a beautiful gift. It was a path to spirituality for me, uh, a path to just self-discovery and growth. And so through the app, I share what I call the three pillars, which is nourish. So to, for what we feed in our, what we put in our body, I think really matters on how we feel. Uh, and if you're constantly putting, you know, processed food and sugar and, you know, high fat or high caloric foods, you know, we just don't feel good. You know, and what we put in our body says a lot about how we feel about our body. And uh, we're gluten and dairy free, refined sugar free at our house for the most part. And so uh, I created a whole online database of cooking videos, recipes that I personally uh, curate, and also teaching, uh, you know, cooking skills like 
knife skills. That's our first video. Here's how you hold an actual knife. Here's how you dice, chop, chiffonade, all of those great things. Um, because it's something as moms, we all have to do. We all have to cook for our family. We often don't like it um, because we're probably not good at, at it. You know, and yeah. people don't like our food. You know, I did a video on um, how to season food. You know, mm -hmm. so I think food is such a big piece of that. So that's the nourish piece. The movement piece for me um, is yoga. Uh, so I teach yoga, uh, vinyasa yoga. I teach recovery, um, more restorative based yoga. I teach something, something called myofascial release, which is like a self-recovery technique. So you can mm -hmm. actually, you know, work on tight muscles and, you know, we're not all uh, being able to get out there and get massages and do all those wonderful things for our bodies that are mm -hmm. part of self-care. So those are techniques you can do at home. And then the last piece is the mindset piece and that's meditation and breath work and mindfulness techniques. And really within those three pillars is what I share uh, within the app. And then my vision to see as this continues to grow is, is representing, you know, teachers and mothers uh, with these, within this skill set of, you know, all races and colors and creeds and ethnicities and locations, and really kind of growing this uh, and using it as a platform for moms to connect. I love that because moms need that. We need yeah. some, something, we need support, we need stability. We need uh, to be able to, you know, you need a girlfriend. You need someone to be able to say, um, share the good things, also the bad things and know that you're not uh, the only one that's striving in that same lane that you're going on at that moment. So I think that's beautiful what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, being a mom is a way that we're all connected. I mean, there is that, you know, peace in each of us that, you know, if you, you're with another mom, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. You know, when you're out at a restaurant and you, you see a mom struggling, she's got a baby and a toddler. And, you know, we've, we've been there. There is this, this peace as mothers that unites and connects us all. So how do you dive deep? What do you do for yourself? Um, how do you dive deep internally? Um, and like, what, what is your day-to-day -day like? I mean, I know that it has to be intense. I would imagine. I would love to know what your, your daily flow spiritually is like, if you could take us into that world. Yeah. Diving deep. I've done, I've done a lot of therapy over the years, right? It, for me, that was a big piece. Um, I've dealt with a lot of past trauma, some, some big T traumas. Um, and I don't mind sharing this coming out. And, you know, my first sexual experience was rape and I wasn't even able to say that until I was 38. So I'm 40 mm. now. Mm -hmm. So working through that uh, has been really powerful from a spiritual and emotional journey and being able to get me to continue to grow. You know, we, we have a lot of traumas that we carry with us. Uh, and they show up in different ways. They show up in how we seek out relationships. They show up in our, our friendships. They show up in, in work. They show up in how we feel about ourselves and that, that quiet chatter. Um, mm. So that was really big for me is continuing to kind of work through uh, my own journey, my own traumas and grow and always challenging myself. You know, sometimes you get burnt out on, on self-improvement and growth and you're like, okay, I need to take a break and reflect. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then get back at it when you're ready. Uh, and I, you know, I think it's important, like I said, yoga for me, I know when I'm not practicing, I don't feel right in, in my skin. And for me, that, that form of whether you want to call it exercise or spirituality or movement or whatever yoga is for you is just so healing, no matter where I am in the world, if I, you know, I'm out there practicing, 
that to me just brings me home. You know, I feel really, really safe on my mat. It's a place where I could kind of explore being me. Uh, and, and yoga, they said is, you know, it's like a mirror. A lot of things come up, but you know, at the end there's the sweet, sweet release. Uh, so that, that has been really important on my journey. And what does the day look like? Looks crazy. Like everyone else's, you know, I'm not up at four or five in the morning, you know, getting my workouts in, drinking my green juices. I mean, you know, I'm a mom. I've actually, I've got two stepsons and two little girls uh, and working from home. I get resentful because my husband gets to go for, to an office, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So as a mom working from home, um, it's just balancing and juggling. And, you know, I, I do make time for myself and no check-in you know, even if it's just that walk for me, uh, I cook dinner every night cause I love eating yeah, and I love food and I love feeding my family. And yeah, I think just like a lot of us do bedtime routines, all that we have Thursday night date nights, you know, we've got to schedule it in, make our relationship a priority. I want to talk about the juggle that you're just talking about. What advice can you give to a mom who may be watching or listening, um, who's juggling, they're juggling being a mom and, you know, career and maybe being a wife or single mom or whatever their, the situation may look like for them. They're juggling a lot. Um, what's some advice you can give to them? Maybe three tips you can provide to kind of center your day and make it through. Mm-hmm. I think the big, our big one is, is just say no. <laughs> No is a complete sentence that doesn't require an explanation. And a lot of times we feel pressured as moms to attend this thing or show up in this way. Uh, you know, we compare ourselves as, you know, to the Pinterest mom and, and the moms out there on, on social media, or, you know, we need to show up. And I think it's important to check in and, and recognize, are we committing to these things? A, you know, is it an obligation that we have to B, how do we feel about it? You know, how do we feel about this dinner we committed to with, with so-and-so, you know, do we feel good about it? Are we, yeah. are we, you know, or are we just like, oh, I have to go because they asked us and, you know, so I think that's a big part of checking in and being yeah. able to say no, that comes with age too. Mm-hmm. It's, as we age, we have a little bit more um, power. We feel like we have more power to say no, but I think it's important for all of us to to know that you have the right to reserve your energy. And that's really sacred. Not everyone deserves, you know, your energy all the time and recognizing when you have it to give and when you need to kind of pull back. Uh, Let's see, what other tips do I have on the juggle? I think prioritizing, number one, yourself. We, and our family, I took my husband a little while to to get on board with this, but Mm -hmm. there's me and there's him. Yeah. At the top of the pyramid. And it's my job to take care of me. It's his job to take care of himself. And we take care of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we take care of our children. Because if I'm not okay, and he's not okay, and we're not okay, all of this other stuff, you know, comes down. So we really put importance on, you know, our own physical, emotional, spiritual health. My husband's been in therapy, you know, he's on his own journey to healing and wellness, you know, and then we are able to, you know, prioritize what the relationship means, you know, for us, that's our third, you know, party, there's me and him in the relationship. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all three things require uh, attention and, and, you know, fires to put out, but making that a priority. uh, And then the kids, kind of falling down below that. And I think the third piece of advice, and this is a therapist that told me is that this may be a shocker. So hold on. Uh, is our kids' lives are their lives. 
and we're not responsible for their successes or failures. And that's a hard one. You know, it's a hard one as moms. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want, you digest it. You want this, you want that. You have this whole image of what you may think for your child. That that's a good one. What you just said. Yeah. Yeah. And being okay, whatever that, whatever that may look like for them being okay with what that may be just being able to sit in that. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, you know, my children have their own journeys and it doesn't really have anything to do with me. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of here uh, being the bumper on the lane, you know, uh, but other than that, it's their lane. I got to stay out of their lane. You know, I have my own lane that Mm -hmm. gets really kind of crusty over here if I don't start taking care of it. Um, But that's a really hard one. I think that's, you know, one that I continue to work on. uh, And especially in today's day and age with parenting, right? We're all helicopter parenting and, you know, we're just so involved in in our kids' successes, failures, lives, you know, we're parents out there doing homework for their kids and, um, and failure is okay. I mean, that's how we grow um, if we look back on it. But I think that's probably, are my three things, that's probably a big one. I know you, so you have a huge library of gluten and dairy-free recipes and you love to cook. Um, What's some, what's your, some go-to meals that you can suggest that um, a mom who's listening or a dad who may be out there listening, um, who can chime in and maybe do and follow along and, and, do if they um, are looking to get a meal together in maybe 30 minutes or less and may not have a lot of time to do it, what would you suggest they can do? Yeah, I think it's really important to, to, to understand, you know, your schedules and prioritize, like, when do you have time to start a new recipe, right? You know, it's not Thursday night when, you know, there's dance and soccer and basketball, and that's probably not the best time to, to whip out the, your, your brand new cookbook or pull up the Zen mommy app and try something new because that's a recipe for stress, right? But um, I really love making, uh, I do a lot of burrito bowls at our house. You know, I can throw rice in a rice cooker, have that and set it, forget it. Um, throw some, you know, steak or chicken on the grill, roast up some veggies, and then, you know, chop up a few fresh things. And what's great is that the kids get to make all of their own stuff. So like I said, my daughter, who's, who's nine and has ADHD, she's pretty picky and textures things. So all of her things on the bowl are very compartmentalized and she Mm. usually has a bowl and two little plates, but you know, she enjoys it. And, you know, mine looks full of veggies and, you know, a little bit of rice and, you know, everybody's looks different, but it's nice. Uh, to give everybody the freedom to kind of create their own meal. Uh, and so that's, that's definitely been a go-to. Uh, I, what else do we like? We like breakfast for dinner. My kids love, oh man, they got ex- excited. Chicken and waffles. We got into some homemade gluten-free chicken and waffles. Oh, that there. sounds and, yummy. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. With maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I wanted to ask you something that it may not be a traditional question, but I think it's something that may resonate with people who may be listening. What, how do you feel or what advice can you give to someone um, who may be in a, in a different stage of life as a mom? The mom who may just have, may just have gotten out of a divorce or maybe just separated and they're trying, maybe just being a funk and they're in the midst of trying to get their groove back, get back in the swing of things. How do you suggest they go about doing that? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Sometimes, you know, you can be just so down. The thought of moving your body is just like too much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the thought of going to a yoga class or trying something new. I mean, that, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're in a funk, that just seems way too much. Uh, and being really gentle. What 
I think is really great and can pull us out of that kind of suffering mindset when we get stuck in our monkey mind is breath. Sometimes even sitting down and meditating is like, Whoa, I'm not ready for that. I don't need to feel those feels right now. But if you can take a few moments, whether you're sitting, maybe you're driving, you know, and take two minutes, you know, and do that breath technique, uh, it just pulls us in, you know, or if we can do that throughout the day, I think that's really important. And, you know, and being really patient with yourself, I think is, is, um, is good. And being honest, you know, we can't just start a whole new regimen or, you know, we're, we've got a new life or we're going through divorce or we switched jobs or lost a job. And, you know, we, to get back on track is, you know, just one foot in front of the other, I think, and taking one step at a time uh, and just being real gentle with yourself, um, being able to check in and see how you're feeling in that moment uh, and, and being okay with whatever comes up, be angry, frustrated, sad, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, all of those feelings are okay. Are, and it's really easy to kind of shove them away and, and not feel them. But I really think leaning into some of the feelings and just kind of letting them come. Maybe that means crying. Maybe that means, you know, phoning a friend and having a good support system. Maybe it means taking a few minutes to breathe. See if you notice how you feel. If you feel any different, I guarantee that you probably will. You know, if you're running through a lot of stress and you sit down and take the time to truly just breathe, not fight or flight mm -hmm. breath, that shoppy, you know, mm -hmm. kind of stressful, anxious breath, but really, and, and then just check in and notice how you feel again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a little thing. It's, it's free, you know, it's accessible to all, to most, you know, to be able to just, um, to slow down for a minute and then, you know, found a girl, good girlfriend, you know, really, I think having a support system is really important. Having people that you can check in with that can be mirrors for you, that can be honest, uh, feedback, and uh, support system in, in a time of struggle is really good, especially as women, we love the gift of gab and, you know, talking it out with my girlfriends is probably so necessary, it, you know, for me, my husband's not a big communicator and we've worked on that, but, you know, to be able to share something that you're going through with someone that's going to be gentle and, and loving with your, with your feelings, I think is super important. Oh, I, I, I agree. And it's something that really your girlfriends a lot of time can only give to you. you it's hard to get yeah. that from a, a partner at times. Where, a male partner. Can, time. Yeah. yeah. Not everybody yeah. can be everything. If I came home yeah. and expected my husband to be like, you know, my best friend and male friend is my best gay male friend is mm -hmm. like the, my biggest a one cheerleader. Yeah. And what I get from that relationship, but she's like, yeah. yes, you can do it. You know? And yeah. like, oh, and I've researched all of these things. I mean, I, I can't expect that from, from my husband. We have yes. a different relationship, you know, but yeah. if you have someone that can fulfill those little roles or, you know, depending on how you're feeling, you know, if you're going to call up, you know, Julie or, or Jessica or Michael or whatever, and you know that you can get some of those needs met and, you know, rather than putting it all on one person's plate, that's, that's definitely hard. It's so true. I mean, I think that's also the importance of having different, different friends that fulfill different reasons in your life. I have different friends that I talk to about different things. They have different compartments in my life. So kind of along the same lines, right? Yeah. I loved it. I used to say friendship's kind of like an onion, you know, mm. and you have people and you're able to kind of put them in these different, you know, you said compartments, which is great, different layers, layers and there's, yeah. you know, few people that are at that core, right. That deserve to hear yeah. your story, your most vulnerable moments, you know, and we have all kinds of different friendships and they're not better or worse or, or good or bad. They're just different. And so kind of recognizing 
you know, at what level of that onion, that friendship kind of falls and the relying on that, you know, getting what you need and being able to provide that for someone is cool. What do you find is the secret to um, finding your own voice as a mother? I feel like for myself and for really most moms that I know, um, you become, for me, my son's name is Nicholas. So I'm Nicholas's mom or your, you know, whatever your child's name is, you know, that, that mom and your mom. And I think it's important, especially I'm realizing as my child is becoming a teenager and growing older, that you become something separate from just mom, but you have your own identity and you're able to, you know, have your own life separate from that perception. Um, can you touch on that or, or what are your thoughts in regards to that? Yeah. Uh, prioritizing yourself is so important because no one else will. Yeah. Right? It's no, and it's no one else's responsibility. And I remember when I first had my, my first daughter, I went from being a career woman, a commercial real estate developer. And literally like, I think I stopped working on December 24th, had her on January 15th. And I was just looking around. I was like, who am I? Yeah. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, I know. I'm a mom. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what I say when I yeah. meet people. Yeah. Like, hi, I'm Jessica. I'm a mom. Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> and it took yeah. me a while to kind of, you know, settle into that, that role. And, and now I look back and kind of laugh and I'm like, yeah, it wasn't, you know, the value system that I was, but I understand you know, it. Cause I've been, yeah. With, yeah Cause it, moms, you go through it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think prior, making yourself a priority, despite, you know, what's going on, you know, with your children, because, you know, as, as good parents, we're meant to raise these children to, to have their own lives. I mean, they're supposed to leave the nest at some point, you know, so whether or not, you know, you're prioritizing yourself when the children are still at home, they're eventually going to leave mm -hmm. or they're going to be living in your basement when they're yeah. 55 years old, which yeah. is a whole which we don't want podcast. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, not the goal. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I think we get lost in, in putting our, you know, our needs were at the bottom of the barrel, you know, and I think that it is a process over time. It doesn't, you know, we're like martyrs and we're moms and we're givers and we're just, we're born nurturers and we just, we like to take care of. That's, that's why we're put here on this earth as women and why men can't get pregnant. We would have a very small population. I think if men, <laughs> yeah, it'll be different. I'm sure. Yeah. It yeah. would be different, but I think prioritizing and supporting other women, prioritizing themselves too, you know, whether, whatever that means for you, if that means, you know, taking time and, and seeing girlfriends or taking time for yourself or getting out in nature or writing or, or learning a hobby or doing something that you love or, and finding out what you even enjoy. I think sometimes because that changes and, you know, we become mothers and we look back and like, oh my God, we're the five years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and it's all, as everyone says, life is so short and eventually I know it doesn't feel like it. The days are really long, especially if you have little kids at home, but the years go by really fast and then they will leave you and start their own life. And you know, that you don't want to be standing around there being like, well, okay, who am I? You know, and then you can start to discover yourself within being a mom and start to discover what you like and, you know, try on, you know, different interests and hobbies and, you know, what you're into, even in the confidence of being a mom, you can still grow and evolve and change and prosper in that, you know, in that label, that's doesn't define who you are. That's one aspect It's a really beautiful piece, you know, but you're so much more than that. Each of us are so much more than, you know, the labels that we kind of carry around. 
So true. I love that answer. That was beautiful. Can you finish this sentence? I am a, I am a believer, I guess. I'm a believer in, uh, I'm a believer in, in that there's joy in life. You know, I'm really as stressful as our life has been. I, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, we can access joy every day. And I, you know, I really, I'm a happy person. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't cuss a lot and get stressed <laughs> out and, you know, and, and uh, get disappointed and, and feel all the feels, but I do believe I have, I have hope. I feel that vibration of the, the world is changing. I feel that, you know, people are, are waking up. I, I believe in humanity. I really do. I believe in the goodness of people and, and wanting to grow and, and, uh, and connect and to, to lead with love and kindness. So I'm a believer. And a master of? Ooh, and a master of nothing. <laughs> I am a trier of all things and master of none. And I think that's part of the journey is, uh, is never being, there is no yoga master. You know, there is no master in life. Nobody gets to come out of this with the certificate, but, um, I get to try a bunch of new things and try all kinds of stuff and fail and fall on my face and get back up and have a lot of laughs along the way, but a master of nothing. Who can control my own? Own. Uh, yeah. I mean, destiny is a word that always comes to mind, but I'm going to see if I can come up with something more creative. Um, I think I control my own. Well, no, I don't. I don't control my path at all. Um, Yes, you do. Yes, there you. Yes, you do. You control your own path. Control my own path. Yeah, I think I make decisions every day that you know get me on the way. And when they aren't working, when the universe is kind of pushing back, I know because <laughs> I've I find that obstacle again. But yeah, controlling my own my own little journey, my own path. I love that. Thank you. I would like to wrap up with a segment that I call tell and tell, which is a play on the word show and tell. What is something that you can tell the audience about yourself that you have not shared with the world yet? Uh, a, a secret, if you will, about yourself. Yeah, that's like a really good question. Uh, I think something that no one knows is, uh, is my ability to forgive uh, myself, I think was a lot on my journey. And uh, that took a really long space space to get to a place to forgive myself and to forgive others. And, uh, you know, everybody gets to see what they see on the outside of your life. And they really don't know anything about, um, your journey or anybody else's for that matter. And so forgiveness, I think is probably that hidden gem for me that has really gotten me to, to where I am and forgiving myself, uh, moving forward, forgiving, you know, others in my life, um, people that don't even know that I've forgiven them. <laughs> don't even know that they needed forgiveness. Uh, but that's probably been my little secret superpower that has gotten me along the way and continued to heal and grow. Before you leave, even though I just said I was going to wrap there, you I have to have to ask a follow-up to that. Why was that important? Why is that important to forgive? Uh, yeah. Uh, while someone said, you know, um, like hate and anger is, is, drinking a poison and expecting the other person to die. And it really does affect you on a cellular level, on an emotional level, when we're, when we're have that hate and anger toward others and uh, forgiveness is big. Nobody even needs to know about it, right? You can forgive someone. I think that's really for you and your own healing. 
And you're probably never going to get a lot of chances to really, you know, we don't get a lot of closure with people that have, you know, maybe stepped on us along the way or, or, or harmed us in some way. And so that, that piece of forgiveness is this like hidden gem that is so freeing to your soul. That is so freeing to your heart to keep you open and vulnerable to continue to love and grow. Uh, it's so true. I, I just got into that space, uh, really in this space of during this time of COVID where I've learned to really begin to truthfully, genuinely forgive. And you're right. It is something about it because, um, it's like pressure off your shoulders. Uh, it's a different, different type of happiness, a different type of glow because you, you let it go. And it's freedom. Um, it's freedom. It's and emotional it's, freedom. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, it's not saying, oh, welcome this person or that person or whatever it may be back into my life. It's just accepting it for what it is, letting it go and moving on. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's, and it's really hard, right? <laughs> so yeah. It's it's hard, it yeah, takes it time. is. Yeah. And it is, it is worth the weight in gold. I mean, to get, to be able to be in a place and, and have that freedom, like you said, that, that hatred or anger, right? I mean, it weighs on you. You feel it. It's a heaviness that you carry with. Oh, it's, it's, it's big time. You don't even realize it until you get past it and you look back and you're like, oh my God, look how much time I wasted worrying about this or wondering that or dwelling on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Cause and- it's in the past past. It's never yeah. coming back. I mean, you yeah, can't change the it. There's nothing you can do about it. So you're like, yeah, all right. You know, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Well, thank you for moving forward on this show and coming on this show. I really, really, really appreciate the conversation. If someone is interested in, you know, joining you on your journey, how can they go about finding you? Yeah. Thanks so much, Sean. Um, so yeah, the, the app, the Zen mommy is available on Apple and Google play. So you guys can download it now. Um, there's a free month that's going on. So if you want to check out all the video content, um, then super excited about that. You can also tune in to the mom slowdown podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, or you can find me on Instagram at the, uh, the underscore Zen underscore mommy. And I'd love to connect. Well, I've already followed you. I'm a fan. I'm going to be part of this, you know, uh, platform with you. So count me in as a, as a mom on your journey. So thank you again. I appreciate it. Uh, have a great day. And thank you. Thanks, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you again. Well, that is it for this episode of the Journey Told Show. I'm going to leave you with words that my father so often would say to me, and that's to be the best version of you that you can be. Until next time, folks, let that sizzle in your spirit.